Welcome back to Connect with Encompass Health. I'm your host, Hilary Carnell, Associate Director of Public Relations. Today, we're joined by Liz Bilderbeck, Psychosocial Counselor at Encompass Health Rehabilitation Hospital of San Antonio. Every clinician has experienced difficult interactions or miscommunications with patients in their careers. While it may be easy to write these patients off as difficult and go about the day, it's important to remember that there are many factors playing into these interactions. Today, Liz is going to take us through what might be going on in the minds of these patients and how we can better serve them. Before we jump in, tell us a little bit about your background as a psychosocial counselor and what your job entails. Sure. So I have a master's in clinical psychology and a specialty in neuropsychology, and I've always worked with patients or clients with disabilities. I've been at this particular hospital for 33 years, so yeah, I'm kind of old, but that gives you a lot of experience, right? And at the moment, what I'm doing is managing the brain injury and stroke programs. So I diagnose, I counsel, and I do a lot of education. So I'm spending a lot of time out on the floor with counselor with uh, patients, but also talking with staff about how to manage patients. And what would your day-to-day look like in your role? Well, think in terms of a hospital has patients coming in and out every day. So every day I'm meeting with new patients and I'm doing assessments and evaluations. I'm calling families. I'm doing education. I'm trying to figure out how we can best help them. And at the same time, I'm providing information to the staff here about how to best manage somebody or how we're going to manage a family or kind of my expectations about what I think is going to happen. And on top of that, I teach orientation on the days that comes in, and I do presentations in the community. Um, I go back and do counseling, catch up with people, see how they're doing, try to do problem resolution, um, provide education. We do family conferences. And so every day is a different day. It's a new day. It's like that for healthcare and everybody. Certainly. Now, all clinicians likely know exactly what we mean when we say this, but tell us what makes a difficult patient and what are some of those characteristics? Well, first off, if, if you're feeling like you have difficult patients, you're not alone. Because if you Google it, you'll find out that you and everybody else is doing the same thing. There's like 42 million hits on Google for that one alone. And if you add in just clients, it doubles it. So starting off, difficult patients are going to make us feel uncomfortable somehow. They make us feel a little stressed. Sometimes they make us feel incompetent. They know how to push our buttons. So what happens is when we deal with difficult with difficult patients, our stress level goes up. And basically, these are the people who are really demanding. They don't want to do therapy when you need them to do it. They don't show up. They don't follow instructions. You know, some of them get kind of insulting. They're very angry. Some of them come across as really entitled, like you owe me this. They're never happy, no matter what we do. Um, And then we have a kind of slightly different group, the people who are confused, They'd be really impulsive. They're drug-seeking. get somebody who's really anxious, and they can be stressful. People who don't take responsibility for their own behavior. So it's lots of those psychological problems or um, psychosocial stressors. Usually that's what's going on. Yeah, it definitely sounds like a tough job and um, something that you have to navigate through. But, you know, these behaviors can be caused by a lot of things that we'll dig into in just a second. But are there any mental illnesses that you regularly see that cause some of these behaviors? So, yes. Um, So remember, everybody comes into a hospital with their pre-existing personality. So if you have significant mental health problems to start with, for example, let's just pick anything. If you're bipolar and now we've added on a lot of stress from an illness or a disability, how is that going to make your situation better? 
So you're going to be even more stressed and possibly more difficult. But in the hospitals, we see a lot of people besides whatever their pre-existing issues are who are very depressed and very anxious and highly stressed themselves. On top of that, if you're seeing a lot of stroke patients or brain injury patients or people who have encephalopathies have just come out of ICU, they tend to have cognitive deficits. So if you're not thinking well, you don't have your emotions and your behavior well under control, and that's going to add to all of that. So if you're a clinician who is dealing with a difficult patient, what should be top of mind when you walk in a room? Okay, so always remember that there are really not that many patients that wake up in the morning and are thinking, golly, my goal today is to harass my nurse. Or you know what I really want to do is make my therapist have a bad day. So it's really not about us. It can feel like it, especially when they get really personal and they're kind of ugly about things. But it's not about us. It's really about them. Um, and I think that's the important place to start. Um, you have to, like, let it slide off if they're being ugly to you. Um, and they're not really waking up thinking that's what they want to do. We have to remember they're just having a really hard time. So it's not easy to be in the hospital in general. Add in if you have a big significant disability and you're frightened about where is your life going, that's hard. And then on top of that, right now we're in the middle of a pandemic, so they've had limited support in the hospital. Sometimes they've been very isolated. So all in all, they're just very stressed. We should also remember that it's really easy to be unrealistic. So sometimes that's the problem we're dealing with is that patients have very unrealistic goals, and we should not underestimate how easy that is. It's really easy to not understand your diagnosis, especially if it's new, or to not understand if you don't work in the healthcare system what to expect. Um, so that can make it really hard for us. And if we can remember that, that helps us. We should also remember that there's a lot of um, psychosocial factors that underlie this, that drive that behavior. And again, they're not about us. So what we see is like the tip of an iceberg. You're seeing this behavior or these verbalizations, and there's a whole lot of stuff underneath that. And that's the things, if we could get to it, that would help us understand them better. And if we can be empathetic and understand them better, then we're going to manage things a little bit better. So we're always trying to figure out, or I am, you know, it's like, okay, what are they thinking? What do they believe? How is that pushing their stress? And can we help them be more realistic? Can we help them understand realistic goals? Um, can we do something to make that behavior a little better? Besides just saying, well, that's inappropriate, because that usually doesn't change behavior. Yeah, I know a lot of times our therapist will, you know, help a patient adapt to a certain activity again, just to allow them the ability to get back to something that they love, such as, you know, golfing or gardening or cooking. And I love seeing how oh, our yeah. therapists apply to that. And we should remember that just being in the hospital alone is stressful. But if you work in a rehab hospital, these people have been either really ill or they have a catastrophic disability. And you don't get in the hospital because you have nowadays in a rehab hospital because something little happens. This is a big thing, you know. And so why would we expect them not to be stressed or scared? I mean, that's I just assume they are. That makes my life easier. I just assume everybody's depressed, everybody's anxious. Why wouldn't they be? And we work from there. Yeah, find the hope wherever you can and apply that for sure. So recently you were a guest speaker for one of Encompass Health's continuing education lectures on the same topic, and you touched on taking heart. What does that mean? It's a, it's a good way to remember an easy way to interact with patients. So it's, it's a little, just think about the beginning initials, okay? So 
The first thing is hear them out. So if you have a patient who's complaining or upset, listen to them first without interrupting, which is really hard for us to do. And the second thing is empathize. So empathy is something our corporation really encourages, and it is the way to get people to talk with you and to understand them. So think about what it's like to be in their shoes. Try to feel what they're feeling. And then acknowledge what's happening to them or apologize if you need to. And you can use a blameless apology. Oh, I'm so sorry that happened. I'm so sorry you're upset. Then we have to respond appropriately. Whether that means we change something, we fix something, we empathize with them some more. And finally, we should take responsibility if we've actually made an error or if we've offended them, even if it was unattended. And then we should thank them for being patient with us because, you know, they're having a hard time. It's a good way just to think about how to interact with the patient. I love that. Um, And what are some additional strategies for dealing with difficult patients? So I could, you know, we could do this for four hours, but I'll try to condense it. Okay. Okay. So, because I know we don't have four hours, but you want to think about first, I think, try to understand what is that person thinking and therefore feeling. So our thoughts and beliefs drives our feelings and what we see as feelings and behaviors. But we need to hear what the thoughts are, because if we could find the thoughts and understand that, that actually makes it more comprehensible to us. And then sometimes it's a little easier to manage. We should also remember that their behavior makes sense to them. So people, unless they're terribly mentally ill, are not doing things that don't make sense to them. Usually this is a behavior, well, it's going to get me something. This is what I want. So what do they want? Can we figure that out? Um, We also have to learn how to say difficult things while still being realistically optimistic. So we can't make the mistake of not being realistic with someone about their situation, but we also can't take away hope and optimism because, you know, that's what gets us out of bed in the morning. But sometimes we have to be helpful with what we're saying and not just gloss over things because it's easier for us. We have to help patients with clarifying what are reasonable expectations for right now today, which doesn't mean you're not going to reach that goal you want. It's just not what we're doing today. We want to keep it simple. Um, be consistent. We'll go back to empathizing, you know, a lot. Empathize, empathize, empathize. Um, and then really focus on being realistically optimistic with patients. Um, I think those are kind of the general way I would think about it. Yeah, a lot of those apply to our company values, too, as I'm listening to it with the yes, uh, they do. You know, focus on the positive and lead with empathy. I mean, just day-to-day things that we all can apply to our, our daily lives and interactions. Yes. So we've spent most of this conversation discussing the mental state of patients, um, but what should we keep in mind about ourselves? So remember, you know, we're people too. And so we also come in with our personalities, our issues and our stressors. And, you know, healthcare at its best is stressful. Healthcare in the middle of a pandemic is really stressful. Um, so we always have to be aware of ourselves. So if we have issues and stressors, it's important that we recognize them. We can't brush them under the rug. We have to know what they are. If we can, we want to resolve them, or at least we got to, you know, like leave them at home. So you can't walk in the door with all of your stuff on your shoulders because we're dealing with people. We're not dealing with widgets, you know? Um, Then we have to recognize that we can best understand, understand, we can best manage things we understand. So you want to be empathetic. You want to remember how difficult it is for them and learn strategies to manage those things. So if you're constantly finding yourself struggling, then who do you have as a resource that you can go to? So like in our hospital would be me. You can ask, well, how how could I do this better? How could I manage things better? Um, 
We should also be remembering that people are not always going to be grateful for our help, and they're not always going to be thanking us for what we do. So the mindset of, well, I'm the expert, you should listen to me, doesn't always work. Because if it did, you know, we'd all be exercising and we'd all be in the Mediterranean diet because we don't listen to our healthcare providers either. So it's more than that, okay? So we have a lot of demand, not a lot, not enough time, and we have to focus on how do we use that efficiently and how at the same time do we manage all these multiple things we have to do. And just working hard and being nice is not going to cut it. We have to work smart, okay? We have to think about the situation and figure out what could we expect. And so the more experience you have, the more you can sit back and say, okay, I see this and there's 8,000 possibilities. How do I keep these bad things from happening? How do I keep us on the forward path? And that's the best way to manage all this. All good feedback. So, I mean, are there any other key takeaways that you'd like to share with listeners, be it about uh, difficult dealing with difficult patients or managing their own mental health as clinicians? So I think one other thing we can talk about is that people in psychology, we, often, we might like to make scales, you know. So you can think of a, a scale of how stressed people are, or you can also think of it as a normal curve. So if you're just thinking of like a scale of 1 to 100, um, everybody has a point a level on that, and it's different across people where they function well. Being in the hospital pushes up your stress level. Being away from your family pushes it up. Having a catastrophic injury pushes it up. So all of those things start getting them more and more stressed. That's a problem in and of itself, but it's even worse if we're also on our sliding scale really high that day, if we're also having trouble. So two stressed people, you know, a therapist or a nurse with a stressed patient is, is not a good thing. So we need to work on that. And if you think of a normal curve at the top, you know, it's like that's the peak. So you have just enough stress, you're motivated, but not so much that you're overwhelmed. So if our patients and us are on the far side of that curve where we're all overwhelmed, it's kind of like, you know, an explosive an explosion waiting to happen. Um, so we have to think about how do we keep our stress level down enough that we can appropriately manage with these people who are going to be stressed. Um, you know, I get to go home at night. That's what I tell myself all day long. I get to go home. I have no reason to be as stressed as these guys are. I'm okay. You know, I'm doing pretty good here. But what we have to figure out is how do we take care of ourselves? What do you need to do? But you need to appropriately take care of yourself, eat right, exercise, all the things that we know as healthcare providers we're supposed to do, get enough sleep. But we also have to have somebody to talk to. Who do you have at your facility that you can unconditionally talk to and not feel like they're being judgmental? You can tell them when you're having a hard time, and they can be supportive and empathetic and give you some options. And we also know, when do I need to get help? When am I in over my head? When can I not manage this particular patient or this particular family? We need to go ask for help. And that's okay, because in healthcare, we work better when we work as a team. Well, Liz, we appreciate you lending us your time and your expertise today. And thank you for all that you're doing for our staff and patients, um, um, not just during this time, but always. Thank you. It's been fun. Thanks for joining us today. To our listeners, stay tuned for more episodes of Connect with Encompass Health coming soon. In the meantime, you can connect with us online by visiting blog.encompasshealth.com.